it's a blessing really to just just to see each one of you. I love our church family, Amen. and I just love being together. I look forward to it, and I hope this year, like Olin was saying, I hope this year that we can somehow intersect with each other a little bit more outside of church and its activities, but in our own personal lives, and that would, I think, be a real rich blessing for all of us. And I love the music this morning. I mean, I always administer through the music ministry here, but I just truly loved, especially the last song was so cool. And praise God for that. He's, he deserves all the glory and praise forever and ever and ever. It was a sad thing. I was talking to uh, some Mormon guys the other night, and we were sharing and talking and read scripture and everything. And and came out that one of the things was that they, their ultimate goal is that they want to be in the highest level of paradise where they can be exalted to the highest place where they can be exalted. And they asked me, what are you going to do? And I said, well, we've gone, we're going to go to heaven so we can worship Jesus and worship the Father and whatever else he has in store with the new heavens and the new earth and, and future events, whatever he's got going there. And I thought it's a sad thing when, when people are looking for their own exaltation as opposed to the exalting of Jesus who deserves all honor and glory and praise deserves to be lifted up and the father deserves that as well so pray for so many Mormons just pray for their heart the deceiver is really crafty really makes it hard to distinguish between the differences and so uh, but the spirit of God reveals truth amen the spirit of God and the power of believers, the saints of God, the power of the saints, prayers are effective. Amen? The prayer of a righteous man is effective, right? So be right with the Lord, pray, be earnest, lift up the lost, lift, lift, lift up one another, and praise God. Give Jesus the glory. You know, if you haven't caught the theme for the message is burning heart. And I love a burning heart. I am truly grieved in my own walk, if I sense that my heart is not burning for God, uh, because there's something wrong when that happens. There's something being, I'm being robbed, and I'm, I'm losing sight or something. And so my heart, I desire that my heart is on fire, because that fire is that, that hunger and that joy and that, I'm going to use a word that doesn't necessarily fit the, what I'm trying to say, but a sense of spiritual levity in Christ. This lifts your spirit when you're full of that, that focus on the Lord and you're on fire for him and in love with him. Having that burning heart is such a joy. And we're seeing in scripture this morning that, that those that had that burning heart had a joy, had a real joy. So let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, I want to thank you for each one here today. I want to thank you so much for your blessings this last year. For some, this year has been very, very difficult. For others, not. But in it all, Father, you are our Father. You are sovereign God, King, Lord of all. And you are over us. And we just thank you and praise you because you love us. And you're in our lives and you're, uh, every detail of who we are and what we do and how we think and good and bad and whatever the case is, is um, known by you. And you love us with love that is just immeasurable, that overflows continuously. So we praise you and thank you for that. I pray, dear Holy Spirit, that you would just preach this message and carry it to our hearts, the things that you want us to hear from the, the words of this message or by your spirit through this message or a combination thereof. 
And I pray we'll walk away, Father, touched by you and our lips touched with praise for you. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, every year I think we say it's, an ama it's amazing that the year before has gone by so fast. So we can say the same thing about 2023, but then add that to how old you are and then say, wow, where'd time go? Now, some of you can't relate to that yet. Some of you can go, yeah, time just is like a vapor. It appears and disappears like the mist that appears and is gone in that song. And uh, we need to remember that. Life is like a span of the hand. And, and there's so many pictures in Scripture that point to the fact that life is short. No matter if you live 900 years, it's still short compared to eternity. But we don't live 900 years, praise God. <laughs> and uh, we have a relationship with Jesus, and our lives are short. And so this last year has gone by fast and is now ending. And praise God in that statement that we are able to look forward from this very moment on to the future of this next year and what God has in store for us. I want to read a poem by Frances Ridley Haverdow. Everybody knows her or him. <laughs> That's how much I know I'm, I'm teasing. Um, to help us have the right focus or attitude for the year ahead. Okay. Another year is dawning. Dear Father, let it be. In working or in waiting, another year with thee. Another year of progress, another year of praise, another year of proving thy presence all the days. Another year of mercies, of faithfulness and grace, another year of gladness, the glory of thy face. Another year of leaning upon the lo thy loving breast, another year of trusting, of quiet, happy rest. Another year of service, a witness for thy love, another year of training for holier work above. Another year is dawning, dear Father, let it be, on earth or else in heaven, another year for thee. I love that because just, just so much there, you know, being in his presence, working or waiting on the Lord, we're still under him, right? His mercies and grace and the, what he brings to, into our lives, leaning on his loving breast, uh, trusting in him, serving him, being trained, being prepared for eternity. This is our spiritual boot camp. And nobody said that boot camp was easy. <laughs> and nobody said that boot camp would be fun or you would choose to put yourself through what you go through at boot camp. But this is our boot camp and how we are faithful to God, how we keep our hearts on fire for God is important. If our spirit is easily stirred for him, if our desire is for him, if our life is wrapped up in him, then it's from a heart that's seeking to be on fire with him. So as another year is dawning, uh, I want it to be one that, that richly counts for God. I want it to be a spiritual, prosperous, and productive year. I want it to be the kind of year that I will look back in the years to come and view it as one of the best years of my life as far as eternity or eternal things are concerned. You see, no matter what phase that we're in, in our stage of life, our hearts can be set afire by God by our focus on him and his purpose in us. Let me give you an example. We, we might be saying, okay, I'm at this, okay, what's clearly on my focus is Sarah Clary. 
And the last time I saw her, she was in her bed at Ralph Knee, and she was she was dying. She knew, and it was she. She said, "I'm ready to go home." And and she her faith was so strong, and yet she was so frail, and she just she resonated her faith and love for God, but her love for others. And as she as I I told her, I said, you know, we, we prayed, and then I walked as I was walking out. She goes, "I love you," and I said, "I love you too." The point that I'm saying is that, that that right there is still God using her as a witness to me, right? And, and so her faith was still focused on God. Her heart was still stirred for God. Her heart was committed to God. And her love was, was frankly, just overflowing from God. And that's, that's, so that's even in those last days or last hours, our purpose is still there so long as we're here. So long as we're cognitively able to, to think and pray, we are being used by God. And even if we're not taken home yet, there's something else that God, who is sovereign, will do with that. And so I, I, I think about that no matter what phase in life we're at, no matter where we're at, no matter what we're going through, that if our heart is focused on Jesus and love with him, on fire for him, God will use us for him. And it will resonate him and it will glorify him. Praise God for that. And I love, I, will, I love the testimony of Sarah to me. Not just then, but, but in other times. G.K. Chesterton said, I know you guys know that guy too. Okay, The object of the new year is not that we should have a new year. It is that we should have a new soul and new nose. Now listen, new feet, new backbone, new ears, and new eyes. Unless a man made New Year resolutions, he would make no resolutions. Unless a man starts afresh about things, he will certainly do nothing effective. In other words, it's a resolve in our heart, which is our soul our will, our mind, our emotions, who we are, and the core of who we are. It's a resolve in our heart that says, I want that freshness of you, Lord. I want to see as you want me to see. I want to hear you as you want me to hear you. I want to know you as you want me to know you. I want to be on fire for you. Now, being on fire doesn't mean that you're expending all your energy and running, running crazy. The burning bush was on fire, but it wasn't consumed. And you and I, when our hearts are on fire for God, it just simply means that there's a hunger and a love for God that just will not quit. And, and God wants us to have that kind of a heart. The beginning of a year is a time when, in a certain sense, we can start afresh about things. Okay? It ought to be a time when we aim higher, reach further, dream bigger, and believe stronger. And I, as I think about that, I think about Sarah again, I'm thinking... Well, here she was on, I wasn't going to go to Sarah on her deathbed. It's kind of a weird thing, but it's a good point when we talk about a heart committed to God, right? What, what I'm thinking about with her is that aim higher, reach further, dream bigger, believe stronger. Well, well, look where I am, Lord, how can I do that? You might be saying, look who I am and what my circumstances are. How can I do that? It's what God wants to do with you in the moment. It's what God is doing through you, what you desire, and you desire to follow him and be used of him in the moment and in the circumstance of your life. 
That reflects a heart of fire, a burning heart for God. God, whatever you want to do, I'm focused on you. I'm aware of you. I hear you. I see you doing certain things. It may be the prayers that you might have lifted up for other people that you're looking for and expecting God to answer. You know, you could, could be praying for someone for years to come to know Christ, and boom, they do, you know, and you're surprised. You're actually surprised, but you praise God. But you kept praying. And so it's, it's relying on God through every moment to do his holy work and will in and through our lives as he chooses for his glory. That should be our heart. As Henry Ward Beecher, you know him too, every man should be born again on the first day of January. Weird statement. Start with a fresh page. There's, there's the, how that's supported. Take up one more hole in the buckle, if necessary, of your belt, or let down one according to the circumstances. But on the 1st of January, let every man gird himself once more with his face to the front and take no interest in the things that were in our past. Girding yourself up. I got one of those clicker belts. You know those clicks? Can't hear it. <clears throat> Too tight. I push the button. Ah, ah, good. <laughs> okay, now I'm ready to go. Now you keep focused on going forward on what God wants you to do. That is so key. It's not looking at the past in the back or the, the, the failures or whatever or just the accomplishments or wherever. It's not saying I'm at the top of the hill, now I'm going down. I think that's one of the fallacies of our walk with Christ is that we don't live life till we reach a pinnacle of, of accomplishments and then we go downhill because we're getting older. A lot of people in the Bible were old and God used in mighty ways, right? So it's about being consistently in love with Jesus. That's what it's about. Consistently protecting our heart, our soul, the core of who we are, to be in love with Jesus, to have that burning desire for him, for him. If this coming year is to be a year of great spiritual advancement and achievements, I believe there's one thing that's absolutely essential. I believe that we must have and keep a burning heart. And I can't emphasize that enough. We, we, we must understand the importance of keeping our hearts on fire for Jesus. A love for him, a desire for him, not in passivity, but in, in, a, in a joyful um, hunger for God. And, and so we need, to, we need to make sure that we have that desire for our walk with Jesus, that our heart is that type of a heart. Hopefully in this message you might get some understanding on how to accomplish that, how to have a heart that's on fire for God, how to maintain that heart. But the key, and you already know it, the key is loving God first. The key is loving God first. Not just loving God, but loving him first. Because we can love God and put him to second burner, but love God first. That's the key. In Leviticus 6, 12 to 13, And the fire on the altar shall be kept burning on it, it shall not be put out. And the priest shall burn wood on it every morning, and lay the burnt offering in order on it. And he shall burn on it the fat of the peace offerings. A fire shall always be burning on the altar, it shall never go out. The Old Testament is a shadow of that which is to come. God wants our hearts to be maintained and kept on fire for him. 
In Leviticus 6, we read about the fire that burned upon the sacrificial altar. In verse 12, we read that the fire on the altar shall be kept burning on it. And note carefully these words, it shall not be put out. I believe that's a directive for you and I, that our hearts should not be allowed to be put out of fire for God. How many of you remember when I carried in the, uh, the barbecue grill in the church and the coals were on fire? There were no coals in there. There was wood, two by fours, and I saturated it with, with uh, lighter fluid and finally got the burn and as it was raining outside and brought it inside as a demonstration for kids' time to say, you got to keep your heart burning for God. Keep your coals alive. Don't let the coals of your heart get that gray dust. You know when you're ready to put the meat on the grill because the coals are white? <laughs> Don't let your coals of your heart get white. Keep the flames. Keep it burning. That's what we need to do. This is a fire that had been ignited by the Lord. Think about that. The burning of our desire for Jesus was not because we put the burning on our heart, but because God did. We would never know him if he hadn't reached out to us first. Right? Scripture says that. So God ignites the fire in our heart for him. How many young Christians do you see that are on fire for God when they receive Jesus? All the time. How many of you see that their fire burns out? All the time. But how much does God want? God said, I gave you something. I gave you a burning heart. I gave you a heart on fire. Now I expect you to keep it on fire. Keep stoking it. Keep building it. Do not be content with white ash coals of a heart for God. Just because you feel warm and fuzzy inside for God doesn't mean you're on fire for God. But having a hunger and a desire for him where he comes first in all things, that's the key to keeping a burning heart. When the tabernacle was dedicated, the Lord sent fire down from heaven to ignite this fire that burned on the altar day and night. The priests were to keep wood on the fire to see to it that the fire never went out. It was a fire that was to burn continually. So we have to be honest with ourselves and we have to be honest and look at our own heart and our own walk with God and say, have I kept my heart on fire for Jesus? And again, it's loving him first. Loving him first means I'm responsive to him as he leads. I'm open to him using me and working through me for his kingdom work. Sarah, God used Sarah his way on her last day. Okay? And so if we're just open to his work in and through our lives and wanting that to be accomplished, that is a great start to igniting our heart and maintaining it. Like the fire on the altar, we must never let the fire go out in our hearts. I wrote a side note here that depression, disappointment, heartache um, uh, act as water tamping back our zeal for God. Hear that? Depression, disappointment, heartache act as water that tamps back our zeal for God or our fire for God. But surrender, resolve, rest in him, stir a heart of fire for him. I surrender myself to him. I resolve to trust him with what he wants to do in and through my life. I rest in him. 
I am confident in him. I have peace in him. I rest in him. We'll stir a heart of fire for him. That's something else that we can consider. I want us to look at Jeremiah the prophet, what he said about himself in Jeremiah 20, verse 9. Then I said, I will not make mention of him nor speak any more in his name, but his word was in my heart like a burning fire shut up in my bones. I was weary of holding it back. I could not. Now get this picture with Jeremiah. Jeremiah was about to give up and quit preaching. He was a prophet of God. He was preaching. He had been fearless and a faithful preacher. He told the hard, honest truth to the people for God. It's not always easy for you and I to stand up on truth when it's not popular, right? You stand up on truth because it's truth. Truth is truth. You can't cut it any other way, right? He told the hard, honest truth to the people for God. He had been beaten and put in stocks. And the difficulties he faced were beginning to take their toll on him. And he was going to ease the hatred he experienced and stop preaching God's truth to the people. Jeremiah said, I've been, I'm feeling pretty beat up by the reaction of standing up for God. And so I'm just going to keep my mouth shut. Right? But what did he realize in verse 9? But his word was in my heart like a burning fire shut up in my bones. I was weary of holding it back. I could not. We have fire in our heart. We are not going to keep our mouth closed. <laughs> okay? What will keep us from quitting when times are tough? A burning heart. That's what's going to keep us from quitting. When we feel like quitting, then we need to start stoking our heart for God. We've, we've missed the opportunity to throw more wood on the fire. We need to, need to reach out and call out to God and, and cling to him and love him and hold him close and seek him out and let him stir our heart. We can just simply say, Lord, will you please stir my heart to be on fire for you? Do you think you heard ignore that? No. No, not if it's a genuine request. A burning heart will keep you going when nothing else will. A burning heart filled with God's word will keep you going in the difficult and discouraging times of life. And we all need a burning heart for 2024. Who knows what this world holds for 2024? God does. <laughs> and God expects us to remember that in his sovereignty that we can trust in him and rest in him no matter what's ahead of us, good or bad, worldly in the world or otherwise. And in that, we can trust that God will give us what we need as we look to him and rely on him to stir our hearts to be on fire for God in the midst of whatever the year is ahead. We know there are many, many, many blessings ahead from God. But God blesses us every day in ways that we see and ways that we don't see. Psalm 39.3, David wrote, My heart was hot within me while I was musing. The fire burned, then I spoke with my tongue. You're musing, meditating, chewing the cud of the word of God. <laughs> right? And as he was doing that, um, his heart burned. David's burning heart, in David's burning heart, we are reminded that a burning heart keeps us, and this is key, growing. How many times, or how often, or can you remember when I said, check yourself annually and see if you've grown closer to God? Ask yourself, am I closer to the Lord today than I ever have been? 
because we should be. It shouldn't be saying, well, that was my salvation day and my salvation year. That was my highest point. Oh, no, uh-uh. We should be able to say, I am closer to Jesus, more in love with Jesus, and fellowship with Jesus in deeper ways than I ever have been. And every year we should take a reflection on our life and analyze that. Because if the answer is no, then we've stopped stoking the wood on the heart of fire, a burning heart. And we need to be willing to do whatever it takes to keep our heart burning for God because God expects that. He ignited our heart. He expects us to keep it ignited. Let's go back to uh, Psalm 39, 1 and 2. David had made certain covenants or resolutions in his life in, in Psalm 39. Uh, let's read uh, verses 1 and read it through verse 2. I said, I will guard my ways, lest I sin with my tongue. I will restrain my mouth with a muzzle while the wicked are before me. I was mute with silence. I held my peace even from good, and my sorrow was stirred up. David was keeping his mouth closed. His heart was burning. He saw the good, and he saw the wicked. Um, so, and he had made a covenant, a res resolution, not to sin with his words. Man, how many of us feel free and confident to say to God, God, I am promising you I'm not going to sin with my words. Whoo! <laughs> that, I mean, that says a lot about the integrity of David, that he has the confidence that he can go before God and say that. He wouldn't talk bad even though the wicked were before him. But that silence caused turmoil within his heart. And the situation of the wicked became so much for him if he broke the resolution, he might speak words that would bring regret. Thankfully, the fire that burned within his heart drove him to pray in that instance. David's trying to keep himself in check with God, and he's, he's got, it, got the word of God in his heart, and he sees what's going on, but he wants to keep his, what? He made a promise. I'm not going to sin with my mouth. And so what does he do? Lord, make me to know my end. And what is the measure of my days that I may know how frail I am? How does that help David not only keep his words in check, but his heart burning for God? If God told you the date that he was taking you home, would that change your life and your decisions? Maybe. Maybe not. But we all can be assured of the fact that life is short, that there is a measurement on our life. I have in my Bible something I used for kids' time a while back. It's a twine with a knot on each end. It's just a little bit short. It should have been just a little longer to fit in my Bible right. And the reminder is, life is just a bit short. And keep, keep remembering that our life is valuable and it's short. And that helped David to motivate his heart to be right with God. And he went to God in prayer, and he trusted God to help him with the self-control that he needed, and he saw himself grow. So the more we yield ourselves to God, call on God, rely on God, depend upon God, trust God, all those things that love God, that those things will help us to grow in him, especially when we're faithful 
and responsive to God's leadership in our lives. When our heart is hot, it keeps us growing. I mean, have you ever seen a person on fire for God that didn't seem to grow more and more in the Lord? Obviously, you see, when people are on fire for God, you see, you see growth, you see excitement, you see joy, you see a passion for Jesus, you see a fulfillment of, of spiritual filling in their life. That's growth. And it continues. So when our heart is hot, it keeps us growing. Spiritual complacency is a sign of spiritual coldness. However, a burning heart keeps us growing. Hey, as a believer and as a brother in Christ, I don't want to grow cold. I just don't want that. Why? Number one reason. It interferes with my relationship with Jesus. It interferes with the closeness and the joy that I have in Jesus. If my heart grows cold towards God and his word and who he is and his lordship in my life, then I'm not as close to Jesus. I'm not as joyful in Jesus. I'm not uh, assured by Jesus that I'm on the path that he wants me to live and that he's using me as he created to use me. So instead of living a stagnant life, we should live one in which we are passionately following after God and eternal things are real in our life. Now, I'm not saying that as, as any detrimental statement to the hearers here or, or listening to the message. I'm saying as a, as a matter of, of, a, of fact. A stagnant life. If I allow my life to grow stagnant spiritually, right, then it will affect eternal things and the real eternal walk with God this side of heaven. We won't have that sensitivity to the spirit like we ought to. We won't be aware that God is doing something. We won't be prepped for what he wants to do. We won't be, we won't be strong in what he wants to do. We won't meet the mark of the high calling of Jesus Christ on our life. David's burning heart kept him focused on his relationship with God, which kept him growing. I think that's a good motive for wanting to keep a heart on fire for God. I want to keep growing in. What does keep growing in Christ mean? It simply means loving Jesus more. <laughs> hey, I'm, I want to be closer to you, and as I grow in you, I'm more aware of you. We're closer together, and my joy is more in you. My strength is in you. My confidence in you. My wow of who Jesus is becomes more and more relevant. So David's burning heart kept him focused on his relationship with God, which, which kept him growing. Someone has said, see, I don't know the someone either. Complacency is a blight that saps energy, dulls attitudes, and causes a drain on the brain. The first symptom is satisfaction with things as they are. The second is rejection of things as they might be. Good enough becomes today's watchword and tomorrow's standard. Complacency makes people fear the unknown and mistrust the untried and abhor the new. When things become standardized, they become stagnantized. My word, not a real word. <laughs> it becomes stagnant. And in that, we learn to mistrust God with what he wants to do. We, 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 we don't 
experience Jesus the way he wants us to experience him and know him. We need a burning heart to keep us from getting complacent, from becoming satisfied with things as they are. Now look, think about this. Satan does all he can to keep a person from receiving Christ. He'll keep them, keep, keep them from following Christ from there and do all that he can to discourage them, discourage them from going to church or committing or baptism or getting involved or serving or whatever the case is, whatever things affect our spiritual growth, if Satan didn't win the battle to keep us from receiving Christ and we receive Christ, he's certainly going to keep the battle on to keep us from wanting to follow in the steps that Jesus would have us to go so we can grow in him and have that fire in him. We need a burning heart to keep us from getting complacent, from becoming satisfied, satisfied with things as they are, rejecting what could be and accepting the good instead of the best. A burning heart will keep us reaching higher, aiming further, seeking more, and going forward. It will keep us growing. Look, when... when when you think Kathy and I have gone over the top or others have gone over the top in ministry efforts in the church ministries, it's over the top, right? It's over the top. Amen. It's a product of, it's, it's a genuine product of just wanting to go over the top for Jesus. It's, it's, it's not a stagnant, it's not a, not a complacency, it's not a, a good enough mentality, it's a, I want to do more than good enough, or I want to go over the top for Jesus the best I can. And that should be involved in any area of ministry that we are called to serve him in. Don't do just good enough. Who are we, who are we serving? <coughs> Jesus. The King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, our Savior, our very best friend. It's got to be more than good enough. You will notice the source of David's burning heart. He says in verse 3, while I was musing, the fire burned. <laughs> our spiritual growth is in our relationship with Jesus, and that relationship brings joy. And with David musing on the word of God, chewing on the word of God, meditating on the word of God, meditating on his relationship with God, meditating, focusing on, adhering to Jesus, that kept his heart burning for God. When we're in the presence of God in prayer, when we're in the presence of God in his word, when we know that we're in the presence of God, does it not stir your heart? Sure it does. God blessed me. God did something. I was touched by God today. There's a spiritual, uh, God worked spiritually and revealed something to me today. Those are, those are bleeps of highlights. But when we're, when we're with God and we have that just communion with him and that fellowship with him and that love relationship with him and that joy in him, what does that do? It stirs our heart and our heart begins to burn with fire. As it was while he was musing, that's David, Meditating that his heart began to burn. Meditation is a match that ignites a fire in the heart. It's not just a method to memorize scripture. I'm terrible at memorizing scripture. And Google has interfered with that. Because <laughs> I can go to Google and find the reference. Easy. Praise God for the tool. But I'm a terrible memorizer. I know in part. Some I know exactly. 
but we need to just have a heart that meditates on God. And meditating is um, just talking with Jesus, spending time with him, being close to him, having that relationship with him. It's not, it's not mm, Eastern meditation. It's, it's focus on our relationship with God and who he is. Meditating on God's goodness and grace, his work, his word and work, his power and plan will create a spiritual heartburn. Two words, not one. <laughs> See, heartburn is not something we want, but we do want our hearts to burn, right? Although, some might think it's heartburn, because when we meditate on God, focus on God, walk with God, then there are things that God deals with in our, in our own lives that we have to affront, that we have to take and consider before the Lord. But we do so as living sacrifices for God. We die to ourselves and live for him as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable and pleasing to God. Meditation, again, is a match that ignites a fire in the heart. Meditating on God's goodness and grace have you ever done that? Lord, you were so good to me today. Lord, you took care of that burden. Thank you. Lord, I saw you step right in and do that. Lord, you amaze me. Those are things that we can meditate on. His word. Your word just cut to the core of my heart. I never saw that before. That is so cool in your word. These types of things, his word and his work, his power and his plan, create a spiritual heart burn look at luke 24 30 and 32 now it came to pass as he sat at the table with them that he took bread and blessed and broke it and gave it to them then their eyes were open and they knew him and he vanished from their sight and they said to one another did not our heart burn within us while he's talked with us on the road and while he opened the scriptures to us look when we're in his word and the Spirit of God carries the word to our soul, and it burns in our heart. I never saw it. Thank you for telling me that. Wow, that's amazing, Lord. Man, you are so loving. Oh, look at your grace. Oh, look at your mercy. Oh, look at your love. That's what it should be like when we're with Jesus. That, that burning is not a, a heartburn. <laughs> It's a burning of awe and amazement. You're, you're my God. You're my Lord. You're my Savior. And not to minimalize who Jesus is, you're my best friend. The two Emmaus disciples, like Jeremiah and David, had a burning heart. They were sad after the death of Jesus, the two on the road to Emmaus. Okay, they were on the road home when Jesus joined them on their walk. Their expectations for the Messiah, setting them free from Roman rule, had been dashed. All hope seemed lost, but Jesus renewed their hope. You see, when we lose hope, that can cause our heart to grow stagnant or cold. But hope is only found in Jesus. Truly, there's, we can fabricate hope that we think will substitute for what God wants for us, but only Jesus gives us real hope. And Jesus gave them hope. They were heartbroken. Then he taught them the word and spoke to them and fellowship with them, and they walked away rejoicing. 
right? That's what happens when we spend time with Jesus. That's what happens when we meet with God in prayer and in study or just acknowledging, I see you working and walking with me, Lord. It's so awesome that you, God Almighty, are working with me, walking with me. I see you right there working on my behalf. I see my relationship with you and your love for me. How great is that? So Jesus renewed their hope as he taught them from God's word. And in verse 31, we read that their eyes were open and their hearts burned within them. From dull embers, those white coals, right? From dull embers of sadness in their hearts to glowing hearts of fire. They were in the word, they were in fellowship, and they were listening to Jesus with him. I love that passage of scripture that says that the, the Pharisees and Sadducees, the religious rulers of the day, when they saw the disciples of Jesus, they said they, said they knew they were the disciples of Jesus because they could tell they were with him. Not hanging around in a group like Judas did, but that they, they knew him. I love that. That's a reflection of what we're talking about. From dull embers to sadness in their hearts to glowing hearts on fire, the source of their burning heart was spending time with Jesus. It's very important we spend time with the Lord. Like Martha, we must not get so busy that we do not sit at the feet of Jesus like Mary. Work is never a substitute for worship. Spending time with Jesus is a secret to a burning heart. When you come to church, faith comes by hearing, and the, hearing the word of God. Our faith is increased that way. I've never seen anybody that says, I'm a believer in Christ, but I don't want anything to do with church, and, and have seen them grow. Never seen them grow. They might think that they're spiritual giants, but they're not. <laughs> because it's outside of God's standard and his structure. Do you want to keep going, growing, and glowing? <laughs> going, growing, and glowing. You ever see somebody that just has that radiance about them? That, that you know they're a Christian? You're essentially saying the same thing. I know they've been with Jesus. <laughs> I, I want all of us, myself, all of us, to maintain a relationship with Jesus that people will say, I know you're a Christian. I know you've been with Jesus. That especially the lost would recognize, I know you're a Christian. If so, keep a burning heart through God's word. Meditation, that's just thinking about who Jesus is and what he's done in your life, acknowledging him in all things. And spending time with Jesus throughout this year. So how can we keep our hearts stoked for God? One, recognize that we don't want to let him get cold. Don't let the embers turn gray. Determine and resolve in your heart to I'm going to keep my heart not just right with God, but I'm going to keep my heart stoked on fire for God. And how do I do that? I'm going to do everything possible that God leads me to through his word, through prayer, and otherwise to be as close to Jesus as I can. And I'm going to trust that God will reveal himself to me, to you, 
in ways that he hasn't done before that will cause our hearts to just overflow with love for him. That's a good way to start this new year with a thought. I know my heart. I want to keep it stoked. And Lord, please show me how to help my heart be on fire for you. Let's go to the Lord. Father, I want to thank you for each person here today. Thank you for this last year, the good and the bad, Father. You know uh, this year is over. And by your grace, you'll give us another day, maybe another year. Maybe you'll give us many years. But Father, as your children, and we are your children because we have Jesus Christ in our heart as our Savior, may our hearts grow to be much more on fire. May we look at our heart and our relationship with you and determine, am I more in love and excited about Jesus today than I ever have been? And if not, may we determine and resolve in our heart to look to you to bring us to a place that our love and our relationship with you is greater than it ever has been. Help us to seek you, to follow you, to love you, to serve you, to honor you, to surrender to you, to be those living sacrifices, holy and acceptable and pleasing to you. We've been bought by the precious blood of Jesus, our Savior. We're no longer our own. We belong to you. And that's not robbery. It's life. Because in you, we find freedom and life over sin. We find freedom and life in your power working in our lives by you, dear Holy Spirit, doing the things in our lives, preparing us and using us for your kingdom work. And so we thank you that we are yours. And in this new year, Father, may that become even much more of a reality in our lives. For we ask these things in the name of Jesus and God's people said, Amen. Amen. Amen.